This is Bias Bender, and I'm Kayla Stokes. Welcome to the next episode of this podcast where we are exploring the lives of Black women from the past and the present in order to imagine the future. This week's episode is about Eliza Carpenter and taking life by the reins. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm still sitting in shock over here that it's March 2021, and I can't seem to figure out how and when that happened. (laughs) February flew by, and I guess it's no longer Black History Month, but luckily we're rolling right into Women's History Month, so this podcast can remain as relevant as ever. This week, we're covering kind of a wild card, if I'm being honest. I found this week's subject after going down a long rabbit hole. It was one of those Google deep dives that I'm not sure where it started or what sequence of clicks and scrolls led me to where I ended up, but I'm glad that I ended up finding the story we're talking about today. So let's just hop right into it. Eliza Carpenter was born in 1851. I'm not exactly sure what her exact birthday was because Eliza was born into slavery in Virginia, but later records indicate that she was probably born in December of that year. So accurate accounts of her early life are hard to find, but I do know that she was moved around a few times as she was growing up. When she was six, an enslaver purchased her and moved her to Kentucky, and two years later, when she was eight, another enslaver moved her to Missouri. So by a very young age, she knew the turbulence of slavery very well. Luckily, Eliza lived to see the end of the Civil War and her freedom. She was still young at this point, so she had a full life ahead of her, and she really was able to take advantage of that fact. Eliza decided to travel back to Kentucky after she got her life back. She ended up in Madisonville, where she learned the business of horse trading. Not only did she learn how to buy horses, but she also learned how to ride and train them, too. Yeah, she essentially became a cowgirl. (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? So, once she started to feel confident in her skills, she went ahead and moved again. This time, she headed to Kansas, where she bought several horses. Of course, at the time, horses were more of a hot commodity than they are now. Most roads I go down are occupied by cars, but that wasn't the case back then. And on top of that, horse racing and horse shows were still a very popular form of entertainment. So Eliza found herself in a pretty bustling business. In 1893, Eliza moved yet again. This year was when the Cherokee Strip opened up for settlement. In fact, the exact date was September 16, 1893. This day was all about what is called the Cherokee Strip Land Run, and the name kind of explains itself. Over 100,000 settlers ran across this newly opened land to stake claims to it and jumpstart towns in what is now Oklahoma. Of course, there were people who were already living there. Native and First Nations people were forcibly removed from their homes in order for this new wave of settlement to take place. 
Once the land was no longer occupied, a single gunshot started a mad dash for mostly white settlers to grab up any and all land they could get to first. And Eliza was among what would become the largest land run of the 1890s. On top of staking claim to valuable land, there was also a $1,000 prize for the first person to make it to the location known as Ponca City. Eliza got on her horse that day and made the dash for the city. Some accounts say that she won and got there first. Other accounts say she lost, but either way, she ended up settling on land she procured through this truly wild West land acquisition plan. Eliza set up shop in Ponca City, and by set up shop, I mean that she set up her stables and continued training horses. She was a rare breed herself. I'm sorry, I had to put that pun in. Um, Being a black female stable owner and operator was not a very common story at all, but she was very good at what she did. She submitted her horses into competitions and races, and when she saw that her jockeys weren't performing well, she hopped on her own horses and did the racing herself. (laughs) I kind of love how strange the names of racehorses are, so I was happy to know that Eliza's horses have some unique names as well. I'll just toss out a few of their names so you can see what I mean. There was Irish Maid, Blue Bird, Jimmy Rain, and of course, Little Brown Jug. (laughs) Now, Eliza was known to be as tough as everyone around her. Just because she didn't look like her counterparts didn't mean she couldn't hang with the best of them. She was known to demand payment when her horses won, and she wasn't afraid to travel around Kansas and Oklahoma in order to keep turning a profit on her horse racing business. One of the events she took part in later in her life was pretty cool. She rode in a recreation of that original 1893 land run in September of 1920. Apparently, she drove two horses that were hitched to the buggy she was in. Folks said she looked like a Roman charioteer, and yes, she won that race. The long story-loving person in me wishes that Eliza's story came with all the twists and turns of her career and personal life, but that just is not always the case when it comes to black women from the past. Actually, the amount we do know about Eliza's story is pretty tremendous considering the time and place. So I'm going to go ahead and be grateful for what I do know and finish up her story by telling you what I found out about the end of her life. Even though Eliza landed in Oklahoma, she made sure to visit her family back in Kentucky when she could. On her very last visit home, she had an accident that's actually pretty ironic. She was knocked off of her buggy when one of her horses got spooked. She suffered a fractured skull, but she did make it home to Oklahoma. Unfortunately, she never fully recovered from the accident, and she passed away later that year at the age of 75 on December 16, 1924. While she didn't have children of her own, she left behind two nephews and two cousins who were able to benefit from the fruits of her labor once she was gone. Eliza really lived life to the fullest, and I think it's so cool to picture a woman like her just roaming out west, building a life for herself that suited her needs and wants. It sounds like when she became free, she really lived out the meaning of that word to its fullest extent. 
And that's the story of Eliza Carpenter. I wish I could have found a picture that I was sure was of Eliza Carpenter. I, of course, scoured Google for a good image of her, but I wasn't 100% sure that any picture was actually her, so I guess I won't really know what she looked like, but I bet she looked just as strong as her accomplishments. So before I let you go today, I just wanted to take some time to thank you for supporting the podcast. It looks like I've gained quite a few new listeners over the last few weeks, and I'm so glad you're here. If you are new around here and you want to know more about me and why this podcast even came to be, I suggest giving the 2020 recap episode a listen. It can sometimes feel like I am talking into the void of the internet, so when I hear from you, it really, truly makes my day. If you do want to reach out and let me know what you think about any and everything bias bender, you can always feel free to do so. There are a bunch of ways to reach me, so I will just give you a little rundown right now. <laughs> you can email me at biasbender at gmail.com. You can send me a DM or comment on a post on the Biasbender Instagram, which is at Biasbender, or you can head over to the Biasbender Facebook page if that's more your speed, which is also under at Biasbender. I'll be sure to leave all that information and the links in the description of this episode so it's easy to find there. And of course, if you are wanting to support the podcast and what I'm doing over in this little corner of the internet, the best way to do so is by interacting where you listen. So if you have the time to leave a rating and a review, that would be a tremendous help. And if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast, that also helps. And you'll be the first person to know that there's a new episode that's ready for you to listen to. And one of the biggest ways to help is by sending the link of your favorite Bias Bender episode to a friend or two or five. <laughs> okay, that was a lot of information, so I'll leave it there. I am so glad that you decided to stop by and spend some time with me this week. I had such a good time going down the rabbit hole and learning about Eliza Carpenter, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about her story. I'll catch you next time, and until then, thank you so much for listening. following sources to research this week's episode. Carpenter Eliza on the notable Kentucky African Americans database. Eliza Carpenter on Altron.com. Eliza Carpenter by Emily Leibkamp on Chronicle of African Americans in the Horse Industry. Settlers Race to Claim Land in Oklahoma on History.com. And Original Music as Always by Adam Westerman. Thank you.